Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 338. I'm your host, Blaine Pudfay, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. We are coming to you, recording live, immediately after the Florida Panthers swept the season series with the Montreal Canadiens. Good times. It was like, anytime they played this season, they're like, just to jump right into this, like, head first. Anytime well, somebody's got to somebody <laughs> not named Gudis, that is. Yeah. Anytime, anytime Florida played Montreal this season, it just seems like they forget how to play. Like, yes, yeah. we like we had that high scoring game in the in the last game down in Florida, and it was the sloppiest game I probably ever watched. And that's and that's on both sides. Florida looked like shit, as did Montreal, but it just seems that when when Montreal plays Florida, at least this season, um, they only played them four games and they let out twenty seven goals. Yeah, it looks like a uh, a wide open beer league game. Yeah, but like even even in tonight's game, another lackluster yeah. performance. Um, and the thing that the thing that frustrated me is it's not that Florida is really known for their defensive play. No. No, but they they their forecheck seems to be a lot more effective against the Canadians for some odd reason. It, it, it that is. I cannot explain. <laughs> it is, but you put up against a team that I said that's not the best defensively. You only put up twenty shots. Yeah, right. And 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 a lot of the a lot of the opportunities they had were towards the end of the game in the last minute or two minutes when you know he had a six on four and it's like okay let's start actually passing the puck now let's actually start trying and i'm happy that you know what i'm happy that they scored the goal late um end of the season you want to be able to do these kind of scenarios in a real game and have guys out there doing a six on four scenario that kind of stuff it's 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 beneficial moving forward for the team but i'm i'm looking and you know out of necessity tonight based on the fact that a guy like Savard didn't play, right? Chris Weidman came in the lineup tonight and played nine minutes and 38 seconds while Matheson played 29 minutes and 16 seconds. Again, that has everything to do with Savard just missing out on the game. He, he took warmups, yeah. but then left. Yeah. And it's in it like the, the, the numbers like, I know plus minus means very little to many people, but the Suzuki line was garbage tonight, right? Well, Suzuki even had a giveaway that right? he, and he had, and that was very, do. but you know what? Very uncharacteristic. I'm gonna give yeah, it to exactly. him. Exactly. It's not some. It's not something that we're used to seeing from him, and he knew right away he fucked up. But that's a good example of right. just how messed up they have been playing yeah. against the Panthers. It's so bad that even Suzuki had a giveaway. Yeah. 
like combined tonight. Let's just, I know that line kind of flip flopped a little bit tonight, but Harvey Pinard negative three. Hoffman was a minus four. Suzuki was a minus three. Um, and then, um, other than that, everybody was, uh, other than Drouin, who was a minus two, and uh, Matheson was a minus three. Other than that, everybody else was a positive. So you can, you can tell, like, you know, who was off tonight. Well, I mean, the whole game, the whole game was essentially just a bunch of sloppy play, uh, sloppy coverage. The the timing for the Canadians was off. The passes, the, t- uh, for the timing on the passes, the timing on the back checks. The, essentially, they were either a little too quick or a little too slow. Yeah. But it was never... It was never everybody on the same page. Yeah, like if no, one guy's slow, there was no flow. There was no consistency. Oh, no, none, none. And for a game that they were coming in to play spoiler, they it just kind of fell flat. Yeah. Now, I got to give credit to the Panthers because they came out and they they really you can tell they wanted that game. Yeah. They they desperately needed that game. Well, like look at their performance against the Leafs the other night. They were down in the game. They come back late. They tie it with about a minute or so to go. And then they get that extra point that they need so desperately in overtime. And tonight you're playing a team much lower in the standings. And and again, it, it showed. And I, I, I'm really hoping that uh, it's not a, it's not going to be the same, the same way next season, because this is, this is insane, but it, 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 it shows when Savard's out of the lineup or they, they lose say more of a, a veteran defenseman or a guy that can eat up minutes in the lineup. And then we've seen how things have went to shit losing Kirby doc. It's back to, we've got one line out here. That's going to really drive the offense. And then maybe the other lines are going to get a little bit of an opportunity. We saw it tonight, and 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 you know what? I'm going to give a shout out to Farrell. Um, really, it was a nothing play, but they all count in the end of the day. You could tell how excited he was. You could tell how excited his line mates were, and uh, congrats to him. First shift with the Canadians at home, first shot, first goal, and uh, and his family was in attendance too. So it makes it even better. Now, may as well go into the good news in that game, and that's yeah. that's one of the big pieces right there. Uh, part of that goal, he he had played uh, only about a minute and a little bit going into before scoring, and it turns out, according to NHL stats, that he is the first player since 1918 to score a goal that fast. Odie Perfect. Cleghorn, <laughs> one minute into his his debut with the Canadians on home ice scored a goal. And he's the only one faster than Sean Farrell. I'll take it to do so on home ice in his debut. It's, you know what? It's good. It's good for his confidence. It's good for the team. And yes, they lost this game and yes, there's so many negatives we can take out of this game, but that is a positive that we can take it. And that's, that's the thing. Like he just, he came down the wing. They, they came in with speed. Uh, with uh, in in that line, uh, it's Evans and Gallagher came down three on two with speed, and Farrell just threw the puck at the net, and it went in. Yeah. So he's 
he simplified his game somewhat. And, and in his first game against Philly, he played about just over 13 minutes in this game, just shy of 15 minutes. And he was effective in all three zones. Yeah, They're giving That's him opportunity. News. They're giving him opportunity. And it's good. But it's he's not earning just, it. It's not just let's bury him and, and he's on the team now. Right. He's got a roster spot yeah. right now. Like it's not, it's not that. Um, so I'm yeah, happy. They're not I'm just happy. handing him. They're That's not right. just handing him the ice time either. Right. But a little bit of power play time. We saw him a little yeah. bit up with the top line a little bit. Um, he's getting those opportunities and I can see, I can see him playing around that 14 to 16 minutes for the rest of the season with the, with the injuries that they have. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we even maybe saw him at center a little bit just to see like he is a he is a center, right? So maybe see him play a little bit of center, but we'll see how it goes. Well, now that makes me wonder who's gonna be the next player to go down with an injury. Oh Jesus. Like who knows? Me? Who knows at this point? Like there's only a handful of games left. They're they're already limping into the into the off season. Um, you don't want to see, you don't, yeah, you don't want to see anybody at this point get hurt or anything like that. Of course. Um, I, at this point, I just, as it's as hard as it it is to say, I just want the season to get over. These guys have been through so much this year. And I said, we can pull positives out of the season. We can pull uh, stuff out of this game, but everything's overshadowed by, the what ifs like what if Cole Caulfield would have stayed healthy would he have got the 40 goals um what if Sean Monahan would have been healthy what kind of return could he have got at the deadline um what if Arbor Jacki would have stayed healthy what kind of season and impact would he have continued to have or a guy like Caden Gooley um would Slavkovsky's season would have you know would that have taken off there's so there's so many what yeah. ifs right now. And none of those would have pointed to a team making the playoffs. I want to make it very clear that neither one of us believe that that would have been the outcome if everybody was healthy. But I, I but they'd be further up on, the standings. They'd be further up be. the standings and they would have played a little bit more meaningful hockey. They would have played a little bit more um to the, I guess, the team dynamic that they're trying to look, that they're trying to uh, kind of bestow on the Canadians organization and and and, and see what these guys have. Um, exactly. Development. Yeah. That's what, what they're missing out on. Not not uh, getting points, not none of that shit. Yeah, but not building. Not making the playoffs. But doing so, like, there's there's playing meaningful hockey and then there's playing developmental hockey right um there's like you can argue a guy getting x amount of uh, time on ice or this amount of or this amount of opportunity in the power play or whatever else is good for his development however you play in a game where you lose six nothing six to one whatever it's you want to still build a winning culture and you want to play meaningful games. Like I don't mind if Canadians lose a, a goal game, like a, a one goal game, a two goal game, if they put in an effort, but you, you put in a stinker type performance. I don't care if everybody's rookies in the whole lineup, but like 
you're you're not building you're not building that winning you're not building a culture of um, well, you know what I'm trying to say. A little you bit. know what I'm trying. You know, kinda, you know what... Yeah, I, I do. I do. And I kind of disagree a little bit on that whole meaningful hockey part because they were just eliminated. So technically there was meaningful hockey, but the way that uh, St. Louis has been approaching how he's setting up the team, how, how he's getting them to play the game. I think that's more meaningful in the long run because just because you're playing, you know, for a playoff spot by eight points behind kind of thing. I don't think that's going to make as much of a difference as the way he has set up the players to uh, take on more meaningful roles, more meaningful ice time uh, matchups, that part of it, because we knew this team was nowhere near the playoffs. And that was the best way to go. Going into this season, I I, I knew that there was some, uh, there's some players that weren't going to come back. Byron, excuse me, Byron hasn't played all year. Monaghan, we knew was going to likely be a trade chip. Didn't end up happening because of injuries. Um, a guy like um, Dadnoff, we know he was likely going to be gone or he wasn't going to do very much with the team. Ended up bringing Garyanov back in a trade. For me, I, I wanted to see um, not just developmental growth, but maybe some of these guys that were still going to be there build a little bit of a chemistry. See what see what see yeah. what they've got because this is another season where you're 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 kind of missing out on that. And it was a lot of line blending but out of necessity. And and it kind of seemed like when things started to work, when um as again, I'll bring up Monaghan, knowing he's still not gonna be back, but when Monaghan was playing with Anderson or when even Anderson went up to play on the top line with Suzuki and Caulfield or when the 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 the, the young line of uh, Doc Caulfield Suzuki went together it was we started seeing like these pieces like these are these core these core pieces especially that last line that i mentioned um we see some of these core pieces coming together and it's like wow what what can this really turn into and then people started questioning you know oh is doc more of a winger is he more of a this etc and um then he moves back to center and all of a sudden the canadians start to look even with all the injuries he comes back into the lineup and they become that more much more of a, a dangerous team and they, they just look more structured and he's he's using his reach he's using his body etc so there, there's so many what-ifs in my opinion um don't want to don't want to harp on the negative when it comes to to the development and everything like that and and I and I'm 100% behind what San Luis is doing and in building that culture and the what he's done to these young guys coming in and I I look forward to what he's going to do in the long run as he continues to to mentor these guys but to to kind of go back towards a little bit more of a good news thing uh before I do though Building chemistry is really hard to do when everybody's hurt. Well, that's that's so exactly that's, that's exactly another it. that's exactly yeah. it. Um, but for the good news side of it, because of these injuries, we're seeing guys getting call ups, and we're I'm going to point to the other goal scorer from tonight, and that's Harvey Pinard. Yeah. So he got his call up. Uh, I believe it was like mid January, like 14th of January or something like that. Yeah. 
since he's joined the team, he's played just over 31 games. He's got 14 goals yep. in that time, which I think has him as the leading rookie goal scorer uh, since his call-up. But he is, not only is he scoring goals, he's blocking shots, he is finishing checks, he's on the four-check, he's playing that uh, that kind of style of hockey that Gallagher was known for at the beginning yeah. of his career when everybody fell in love with him. So this is another Gallagher type with his work ethic and his approach. And and I know that uh, his shooting percentage seems very high. And I talked yeah. about this in the last episode. All his goals are from four or five feet out from the net. Like, the, yeah. again, he tonight's goes goal. to those dirty areas. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah your, your shooting percentage is going to be higher because you're in a higher percentage danger area. Right. This guy is like the ultimate feel good story. You got a guy that's yeah. from Quebec. He's a seventh round draft pick, mm-hmm. you know, one of yeah. the last picks of the draft in 2019. He comes in, give this guy an opportunity at the pro level. He's done very well in Laval. He's really flourished there. Um, got the nickname of Lavalager while he's down there for good for good cause. Then he comes over to the Montreal Canadiens, gets his opportunity. And all of a sudden, he's got 13, 14 goals in uh, the 31, 32 games that he's played. And, games, he, yeah. and, and, and I agree, he's, he's shooting, his shooting average is, is high. But when you're uh, that close to the net, you better hit it, right? So, Exactly. And, and I think it was uh, when he had that natural hat trick where he scored all three goals in the second period. Yeah, against Columbus, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember who. I think it was the English... Uh, the English coverage for the game showed uh, showed how long the puck was on a stick over that time frame, and it was all together just over one second, and that's including wow. the uh, the full second that it took him to to walk in and take a shot on the second goal. Right. So you don't need to have puck possession the way uh, Connor McDavid does to be effective. He's being effective by being just a nasty little pass that goes to the net. Yeah. And I like that he's brought his style of play from Laval to the Canadians. And it's, it's shown the, the guy's getting his opportunity. He's, he's, he's playing the minutes. He's, um, he's out there when it matters. And it is for me, it's one of the biggest stories, um, positive stories that I can pull out of this season. Pretty much. I don't think uh I don't think Laval's gonna see him back next year. I no, think he's gonna be with so. the Canadians next I year. So. He'll sign he'll sign a, a, a relatively good deal, like a two year deal at about a million bucks. I can um, see it being kind of like what they signed um Pitlick, something like that. Yeah, but yeah. A million, so, but a million dollar so. a million dollar million dollar a season type thing. And um uh, I think he'd be happy with that. The fans would be happy with that. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. And with the number of players that are going to be moving out or being traded out, he's going to have a, he's going to have a spot on the team. There's going to be a role for him to fill. So, you know, they're still slowly moving towards that uh, contender status. They're rebuilding and he's a good piece to have as a, a third liner to fill in those roles. And, And that's the thing. Use him at that role like this is not yeah like he's i'm not shitting on harvey penard so nope. people that are listening i'm not shitting on him but it 
at this point, like he, he's not a top line player. Yes, he's been playing the role. And again, I'm not shitting on him. But moving forward into the next season, when you've got Slefkovsky coming back, you've got Anderson coming back, you've got Doc coming back, you've not got Dubois coming back. You've got yeah, etc. <laughs> um, you've got you've got these kind of guys coming into your lineup. Those are those those are the guys that I want to see in those roles. Caulfield, etc. Yes. Right. Well, um, I agree but, completely. But Jesus, but I'd be I'd be more than okay with seeing Pernard on a line with Gallagher. Sure, like he was right? tonight. And throw Evans in the middle, or throw Dvorak if he comes back and he doesn't get traded in the Dubois yeah. deal, right? But part of the good news with uh, with uh, Harvey Pinard is yes, he he is more suited to a third line role. However, he's proven that he can play up and down the lineup. Yeah. So if you need and, a and guy, he, and for he plays a couple the same, and he plays the same way. Exactly. Right. You so, know what you're going to get. Yeah. That's the consistency, and you can put him on that first line. And he can play a few shifts there and he can still produce because he does well playing alongside more talented players. Right. He's not going to be there to be the guy that scores 30 goals. He's there no. to play that. Uh, 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 what's the winger for, for Crosby when they Kunitz, like, like that Kunitz okay. type of role. You know, the gritty style, the guy that goes in the corners and gets, gets into the dirty areas that that's his, going to be his calling card if he he sticks in the nhl yeah. or the player that plays like on the leafs that digs the puck out for matthews and marner and then eventually gets traded a couple a couple years later signs elsewhere because they can't afford him <laughs> yeah he signs for two million dollars somewhere else because they they will give you league minimum because that's all we can afford yeah. no i want <laughs> one million sorry you gotta yeah. walk yeah um now, there's a lot of smaller players on this roster, and there's going to have to be a balance made yes. moving forward. And I'm looking at one really, really good prospect right now that the Canadians have who's a bit smaller, who got completely hosed yeah. in the Hobie Baker voting. Yeah. And that's Lane Hudson. Yes. I completely agree. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of. I don't know what else he has to do. I, I mean, that's the thing. He he gets all time top three point getter for a defenseman in ECAC history. Yeah. Uh, highest defense, uh, highest freshman defenseman point total in over three decades. Um, you know he he doesn't even get a nomination over a couple of guys with so so seasons. Yeah, like knees and uh, and Cooley had a pretty good year, but the two of them on a line together basically fed each other. Fantilli makes perfect sense. The guy Fant- led for the a incident. guy that comes in, like especially Fantilli. Yeah. Like Fantilli came in as a freshman and and put up the numbers that Dominated. he put up. Um, on a team that are that had good players on it, and yeah. that but he is he was the standout, and I yeah. hope that he's the one that's going to win the win the award. To win that as a freshman would be a big, a big feather in your cap. That would be massive. He, and he'll look great playing for Montreal next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. With, with Hudson, I mean, here's a kid who, when he showed up to Boston University this season, last season, Boston, they they were 
not a very good team. They really yeah, they struggled. They, they, they struggled. Yeah. Then he shows up, and now they're in the Frozen Four with a legitimate chance at a national title. Yeah. And the only real difference is Lane Hudson. Yeah. And this is a guy that scored the winning goal to get them there. That's right. Yeah. And those up. two, those two forwards that I mentioned as the finalists, other than Fantilli, uh, they're much they're older than he is. Yeah. I mean, knees is what thirty six, and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's played, he's played Cooley's about years. twenty now. Yeah, Cooley's yeah. gonna be twenty soon. Yeah. Well, Cooley and was then drafted. You got Hudson. This, Cooley was drafted the same yeah. year as Slepkowski. Yeah, yeah, and and Hudson. Yeah, it's one. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean that. Oh, uh, the f- friend of the show, H- Hadi Kalakesh, made a very good point earlier today, and for reference on Lane Hudson, when Kale McCarr won the Hobie Baker in 2019, he put up 49 points in 41 games. Lane Hudson's season isn't even over yet, and he has 48 points in 38 games. That's and he doesn't even make the final three nomination. Yeah, that's insane. Got to keep in mind, too, when McCarr won that award, he was 20. Yeah. Lane Hudson just turned 19. Right. And, like, there's, you know what, I'm I'm going to even throw out, but now that you've named these people off um, that, that did make it to the finalists, as finalists, I'm kind of looking at Devin Levi and like, maybe he should have been on there too. Like this is a guy that's continuous. He was, he was in the top 10. He was in the top 10. And so was that, um, there was a French goalie on there too. I'd have to look his name up, but he's from, uh, I'd have to, I, I'll, I'll look him up as we talk, but um, like Levi again, this season, but in Northeastern, I wasn't the greatest team. But he had them in there, and his numbers weren't as good as say they were last year when they had a better team. But still, six shutouts, two point two four goals against, seventeen wins, nine thirty three save. Uh, they've announced that he's gonna make his um, debut later this week, probably against the Rangers. So, so good on him for that. Um, but maybe that's another guy that could have made the top three. I mean, they had a lot of people that they could have picked from. Farrell was in the top 10. Hudson was in the, uh, in the top 10. Uh, Levi was in the top 10. Right. There's there's a lot of really good players they could have picked from. I find it a little odd that like, I, I can I can see Logan Cooley because he was the straw that stirs the drink for the number one program in the country in, in Minnesota. Yes. But Nees, I don't know. That seems more of a, well, he's a senior and, he's and, and that's and that's what I don't like. That's what I don't like. So the guy that I was talking about, his name is Yaniv Peretz. He's Quinnipiac's okay, yeah, number one, yeah. So in his last five games, he's let up four goals, and he's got a nine sixty save percentage. Um, he is a free agent. He has. Uh, He is from Dallaire des Ormeaux, Quebec. Just outside Montreal. Yeah, he's 23 years old. And this season, 39 games, he's 32-4-3 with a 1.46 goals against, 932 save, and 10 shutouts. I guess that's okay. So I'm thinking, (laughs) you know, if if like Laval needs a goalie. (laughs) 
Well, the Canadians are looking to add another goaltender, uh, yeah. and I don't think it would be a bad idea to sign a free agent. Now, Dobesh is another one yes. that, who's already in the and, system. And, and he was also um, top 10 finalist for Hobie Baker. He was. Friend of the show, Jakob Dobesh. Friend, friend of the show, yeah. <laughs> Throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Getting calls from China. <laughs> But no, I mean, I mean, they could sign Dobesh. He's still got another year of NCAA eligibility. They could leave him there. I think, I think it would be beneficial. I agree. I think it'd be now, beneficial. Signing the free agent goaltender you were talking about, I think would also be another beneficial. Yes. Plan. Yep. They still need to draft a goalie. They need to. They maybe need to trade for one at the NHL level. Yeah. But if they can add three or four goaltenders at different stages of development throughout the, the system. Right. That is exactly what they're going to so, need to do. So, so my thought is like, I see this goalie. It's like, I started looking at NCAA free agents as soon as they started getting signed. And, and I, and I looked at this individual and he's, he kind of hits, kind of hits them all. They need a goaltender. They get a French, uh, they get a French player. They 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 get a guy that's going to come in that's going to be healthy competition for the rest of the goaltenders, and if he performs, and I know there's not many games left of the season, but if he comes in and he does well, it might be a guy that, when you're at the draft in Nashville, you don't have to use maybe a higher draft pick because now you got this guy in the system. I mean, I wouldn't be against them using a high pick to get Hrabel. That'd right. be that'd be fine. Uh, a second round pick on someone like a Trey Augustine, yeah, that'd be okay. Yeah, I, I'm not. I think it'd be a good plan to draft a decent goaltender in this year's draft. Yeah, because there's a couple of good ones. But some guys are talking about, you know, using Florida's pick for uh, uh, that's for a for a high. goaltender. I'm like, that is a reach. That is a reach. I think so. I'm looking that. If you can get somebody sometime, somewhere in the second or maybe get like an Augustine. Augustine's probably going to go in the third round, I would think. You could pick him in the second. Right, you could, but yeah, I'd say like take your best player available as you can. Um, yes, there's drafting for need. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah. So we'll see. But he's this, this kid's on my list for sure. Now, if the best goaltender available in the draft is still there on your second round pick, you go for that. Yeah, because you you get the higher impact. Yeah, yeah and there's the that that Bjorn, kind of plan. Bjornsson as well with your medicine yeah. medicine hat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a couple of overagers in the draft. Uh, Suchanik from the uh, Chechen right, team right, that yeah. everyone knows about. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Sam Milik. Slovakian. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's there's options. Yeah, there's go the Slovakian goalie too. I remember is what is. I don't. I, if, if somebody um, said it, I know what it was right away. But Gayan, Gayan. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I got so to there, see him. Options. I get to see him come in relief, and then he was just stood on his head the rest <laughs> of the tournament. Yeah. Jerk. Yeah. Um. One one person I'm going to bring up. This will be the last thing I get to 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 say tonight. Uh. One person to look out for. It's uh, when we talked a little bit about Lane Hudson is his brother Cole. Yes. Um, once again, knows known for his stature, massive, massive player. 
at uh, 5'8 and 143 pounds. So massive by Hudson standards. Yeah, just massive, probably the biggest of the family. Um, this kid is 16 years old, he'll be 17 in June, and he just broke the record for the U.S. National U-17 team out of the U.S. Development Program. And I'm going to give a shout out to the U.S. Development Program. They have they have brought in some incredible young talent over the last, say, five to ten years. Like, some great players have come out of there. and like yeah, the, Stop the, doing that, America. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the the points that he put up as a uh, in the, the for the U seventeen uh, USDP forty two points in forty two games. Uh, yeah, it, he even got ten points in nine games with the U eighteen team. Yeah, and he played for the U eighteen team and put up ten points in nine games. Like it's uh, there's something there's something about that family. <laughs> um, it's not size. He, he lit it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and he lit it up in the U seventeen tournament as well. He did. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely did. Uh, I'm looking it up now. Nine po- nine assists in seven games. No goals, yeah. all assists. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But that put him at, let's see, uh, fourth in scoring in that tournament. Holy. Cr- <laughs> one kid got 21 points, another one got 20. <laughs> uh, Cole Iserman. Yeah, who's going to be a first round pick. Yeah, I yeah. think he's gonna be a first round pick next year. Twelve goals in seven games. Yeah, this kid. Yeah, and he's already five foot eleven, one hundred ninety two pounds. Mm-hmm. It's a big kid, mm-hmm. big kid. I I uh, I feel bad for his parents having to uh, pay for all the food. Yeah, so Iserman, like, I know we're 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 drifting a little bit now, yeah. but like, well, but um, it's what we do. Um, yeah, Iserman is going to put up. Some big numbers, very big numbers. Likely going to be a. I I would be surprised if in twenty twenty four we don't hear him, number one, number two at the draft. And, and to be clear, we're not saying Eiserman with a Y. It's Eiserman yeah. with an E I. Yes. So they're not related. No. No. Just making that but, clear. But again, you that. brought up his numbers at the U seventeen, yep. twelve goals, eight yep. assists in seven games. Yeah. And again, another guy playing for the U-17 team put up 43 goals in 42 games. And then went to the U-18. And then went to the U-18 team and put up 14 goals in 10 games. Who could that be? Right. So apparently all you need to do is be named uh, Cole and you'll score like a son of a bitch for the state. So, right. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, anybody out there looking to uh, uh, raise the next superstar NHLer, we all know what name you have to give them. Yeah, Cole or Connor. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, so I've got nothing else. Do you? Uh, I do not. Um, thanks, everyone, as always, for listening. Uh, it's always good to be back behind the mic. Um, don't get a, don't get on as often as uh, I'd like to sometimes, but always good to to get back on and uh share some stories and have a couple laughs with blaine and 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 treg when he's been able to come on and uh yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) i'm fucking lonely here without you guys yeah but i do have news oh um originally i was supposed to be gone in april i will be i will be staying put 
Yeah. No deployment for you? Yeah. So That's no good. uh well so it's just a tasking, but yeah, I'm staying no. put. Staying put for a while. That's good news. Well, it's good news for the show. Well, I mean, it's not like you're gonna make a lot more money. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all those sponsorship dollars just flowing in. <laughs> all 30 cents. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'd like to echo your sentiments and say thank you to everyone for listening. Um, we are part of a pretty big community and a good one at that, I might add. Uh, the Canadians community on social media, on in podcasts, there's a lot of really good people. And some of them had just moved websites. So Eyes on the Prize is now at a new location. Go check them out. Uh they're now completely independent. They're on their own. So if you like their content, you like them, go go give them a follow. Check it out. Keep clicking on their website. That'll help them drive ad revenue and they can stay in business. And the more diverse our uh, our community is, the better it is. Absolutely. So that's all I've got. Uh Again, thank you, everyone. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.